Good evening, everybody. This is Daniel from No Pain, No Spain on a Saturday evening, very fresh evening. Finally, the heat has succeeded, and uh, I'm not sure for how long, but as of today, it's 24 degrees. It's almost a full moon. There's a lot of stars in the sky, and it's a beautiful evening. And it's my couple of hours off, which I am hereby dedicating to you guys, to the very, very, very few people who hear me. Ungrateful bastards. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> I know. Anyways, today I want to talk about music. We were driving home with my family in the car, and uh, Gerard, my son, is an Iron Maiden fan, if you can believe that. He absolutely loves it. I mean, he, he, shit, he knows the song. He's walking down the street and he's singing the, the songs. Well, shit, that's my boy. That's my boy. We, uh, we were trying to get tickets for the Iron Maiden concert next June. We're going to get him a good pair of soundproof headphones. And I know he's going to go berserk. Let me remind you that Gerard is not yet five years old. So that, that uh, reminded me of, a, of an episode of my life in which I also discovered music. And I mean discovered music as a, as a permanent part of my life, as an important part of my life. Uh, so much that I became a musician and I lived off music for a few years, about 10 years, and I did pretty, pretty well. I left the music business because I have an addictive personality and I wasn't moving in the right environments and everything was becoming way too easy for me to fall back on old addictions and Anyways, I just came to the realization that I've done it and uh, if I carried on, I might get in trouble again. So I quit music and professionally and I started doing am in an amateur way and came up pretty, pretty good. Uh, but as I was saying about listening to, uh, looking at Gerard, discovering these this bands that actually touch him in some ways, not too sure in which way Iron Maiden touches him, but it probably in the same way he touched me when uh, when we were living in Honduras in Central America. Uh, Honduras in that time and still today is a, an American, highly American-influenced country, and in those days it was even more because of the Nicaragua Revolution happening just next door. So they're in. Their presence there was crazy. Well, that meant at music level that radios only played American commercial music. And the worst kind of commercial music. If you think the 70s and 80s were bad, well, let me tell you, they were pretty, pretty bad. Today, we, we remi remember them with fondness because we only choose the good ones but there was a, a lot of terrible shit and all that terrible shit was played on the radio and uh, there was no tv at that time and if there was i don't remember watching a lot of tv 
but I do remember having this permanent background noise which was the radio and it was always playing music I remember selecting the radio station that played nothing but music so uh, well I think the most elaborate thing that was playing in the radio those days was Donna Summers or something like that anyways terrible 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 shit but I always had this feeling that man there is so much potential on this you know imagine it from the from the from a mind frame of a, must have been six seven ten years old at the most I don't remember too well but in the framework of a kid's mind listen to music and realizing that yeah there is something here but it's still not quite there there's something missing this music could be different it could be rather than repetitive rather than then you know just the jingles and this it could elaborate into 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 more uh, sophisticated uh, structures but they never happened you know, it never happened my father in that day those days would, was teaching marine biology in the Tegucigalpa University and they brought in a guy from Portugal who apparently was an expert on, I don't remember, uh, crabs, mollusks, jellyfish, sea worms, I don't know. And he was brought to Honduras to teach a master class. I don't remember, I'm making this shit up, I don't remember, but he was, he was a big shot in, in, in marine biology. And so my parents, they, my parents, they, they couldn't let that guy stay in a hotel, you know, no, man, no, what do you mean stay in a hotel? Come home, stay with us. You know, being a family, eat home cooked meals, you know, have your own room and have the freedom that you that you want. So he did. His name was Cesar. And uh, as far as I remember, he was a tall guy, long hair, and uh, pretty pretty good looking guy. That's at least that's my memory. And uh, so he, he stayed in the room next door to mine. And he used to smoke a lot of dope. <laughs> I clearly remember that because of the smell, because of my father telling him, dude, fuck, there's a kid here. If you want to do what you want to do, go to the backyard or something, you know. But I remember smelling it and, and seeing him roll and, you know, everything. I remember that. But uh, one day it was just me and him, Cesar and me at home. Don't remember what. And I was listening to radio drawing. And I don't know, Earth, Wind and Fire was playing in the background, which they're not bad, not bad. <laughs> so so he, he came and he said, hey, you like music? Because huh? I was kind of moving, drawing and moving. And I said, yeah, I love music. He said, oh, well, shit, I got some for you. So he went up to his room, came down with an eight-track cassette. Now, people who are not from the Jurassic area period like me won't even know what an eight track cassette was and I'm not gonna explain it to you I'm not gonna <laughs> humiliate myself explaining to you what an eight track cassette was but it was it was a cassette okay so he and the only eight track cassette player that we had was in the car so we went to the garage and we went into the Suzuki and uh, and he played it and he played 
moving pictures by Rush. I leave that there for you to think. Moving pictures by Rush is probably among the 10 best albums ever made in the history of rock. Personally, I would put it in number one, personally. But it has been recognized as one of the top 10 albums that have made history in rock music. And here I am, eight, nine, 10 years old, inside a car, listening to Tom Sawyer, Camera Lens, Witch Hunt, Red Barchetta, and my mind just went kaboom. I clearly remember the shift in my life at that precise moment when I said, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I knew existed out there. Elaborate music, symphonic rock, progressive movements, long songs, interchangeable melodies, abstract rhythms. No, not just the four by four. No, these fuckers. Oh man, I, I, it was it was unbelievable. So the the album ended because on eight track records you couldn't pick a song, <laughs> neither you could forward or rewind. You could just play it. So the whole album finished, which takes about an hour and something or more. And Cesar turns around. He must have been stoned as fuck because I don't remember him saying anything during the the playing of the album. Maybe he did, but I was so transformed listening to this that I didn't hear him. But he turns around and he said, what, you liked it? And I said, yes, I like it very, very much. He says, okay, hold on here. And so he went back up to his room and brought another eight-track cassette and he played it. And this time it was Three Sides Live by Genesis. Ever heard of what an overdose is? Well, that day I had an, the best fucking overdose in my entire life. Not only did I discover that finally what my soul and my mind and my body needed existed, it's there and well made and way better than I ever thought it would be. But now I've been played moving pictures and three sides live. That is, <laughs> I was higher than Caesar. I was way higher than Caesar. I don't know what he has smoked, but that thing blew my mind. So, hearing my kid telling me to play Iron Maiden, <laughs> kind of, I look at him when he hears it. I look at him when he's listening. And I, I see something inside of him, you know, some kind of discovery, some kind of, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, yeah, this is, this is it, put it louder, put it louder. And I like that very, very much. Now, nowadays, music is 
as always, because people say, oh, now music is bullshit. No, no, music has always been bullshit. Music, the music industry has, for the most part, corrupted and commercialized and massified and uh, just give them everything all chewed up for them to dance for a couple of months and move on to the next trend. The difference between my time and now, it's not that there was less or more shit now or here. The issue is that today there is such an enormous quantity of music available for free everywhere. The, the volume is insane, absolutely insane. And I'm going to go on a limb here, but 90% of all that is garbage, is produced to liquefy your brain into, <coughs> into a fucking retarded fucker. But the other 10% is marvelous. But the amount is so huge that it's very difficult to find. In my time, it was easier. You know, there was no such high volume of bullshit. And it was easy to find, easier to find the good stuff. So, and besides, I mean, it, it's the bands in those days were bands that broke every boundary that we can imagine, bands that we're still hearing of today. Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Rush, Genesis. These bands are as much hearable today as they were in those days. And trust me, very few, very, very, very few of the bands that you're hearing now will be relevant in just a couple of years. Why? Because there is such a massive amount of music. It's very hard to... to, 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 to to grow inside the music business because they won't let you. I think the, one of the examples that I've uh, lately heard was uh, the Black Keys. Now, the Black Keys, if you don't know them, they're just a band of two guys, drums and guitar, very hippie, very blues, very good. And at some point, they decided to make uh, a regular album with a whole band, with a bass player, with keyboards, with background chorus, the album was named El Camino, which is a god motherfucking brilliant album. It is amazingly good, incredibly good. But it fucked up their whole lives because they became commercial, they became massified, and they, 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 they fell into the music business through the wrong door so commercially speaking you never heard of the black keys again well that's not because they disappeared or they're nothing they just went back to what they were doing playing small venues just <laughs> guitars and drums and now if you want to hear them you have to go back to that indie world that lays underneath all this ocean of bullshit that surrounds us <coughs> so that's my podcast for today, music, such an important part of my life and of everyone's life, so don't let bullshit spoil that, listen to music that touches your soul, listen to music that <coughs> makes you grow, makes you think, 
makes you question things. Listen to good music, man. That's why I left in the beginning of this podcast Nude by Radiohead, which I think is a very good album. Hope you enjoy it. Discover it if you haven't. Guys, keep well. Stay safe. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.